Want a bank that was ranked among the top in the nation for business banking? Whitney Bank has you covered with nearly 200 locations across the Gulf South. So stop by today. Learn more at HancockWhitney.com. Member FDIC. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. Additional support comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette. From Social on Johnson Street in Lafayette, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Professor of Finance and Director of the award-winning Birken Road Reports. It's business Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch Acadiana. How do I sound? No, really, be honest. When you hear my voice, do you think, oh, I like that guy? Or do you, when you hear my voice, do you go, ugh, I hate that guy? Either way, it's the same voice, and there's a pretty good chance you don't know me, but that doesn't stop you from deciding whether or not you like me based on what I sound like, which is normal. We all reach conclusions because of sound. We say a person sounds nice, a a song sounds romantic, or an idea sounds good. What we're really doing is attributing feelings and emotions to sounds. Jason Harrington designs and builds handcrafted amplifiers for music and voice. Jason's company, Lullaby Sound Design, marries modern acoustic science and old-fashioned vacuum tube technology to create unique, high-end sound equipment that's custom-built for musicians. Jason's business is right here in Lafayette. Jason, welcome out to lunch. Oh, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Larry G. Miller, who everyone calls Larry G., also creates wooden boxes that make sounds. Cajun accordions. Larry G's been making accordions under the name Bonti for 37 years. He's built and sold over 1,200 accordions. Larry G is also one of the very few people who can make traditional triangles for Cajun music out of the tines of pitchforks. And among his other accomplishments, Larry G is one of the founders of CFMA, the Cajun French Music Association. Larry G, I've been trying to get you on the show for a long time. I'm glad we finally pulled it off. Welcome down to lunch. Well, happy to be here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is great. Now, now, Larry G and Jason, besides both making boxes that create sounds, you have strangely similar business biographies, though some years apart. Larry G., you spent 22 years in the Acadia Parish school system. Mm-hmm. You made it all the way to principal, congratulations, before, yeah. before quitting 27 years ago to build accordions full-time. Now, Jason, you were a seventh-grade teacher before quitting in 2005 to focus all your time and energy on lullaby sound design. So let's start by talking about leaving the safety net of a job with steady income benefits for the uncertain entrepreneurial world of making instruments and sound equipment for musicians. Did you did you guys have a business plan, investors funding? What kind of forward thinking was involved to leave the teaching world and f- be full-time uh, music makers here? I think I think for me one thing that that happened was the 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 music making portion of my life grew to a point that um, it couldn't exist with the teaching portion of my life. One of them had to go, and I was at the (laughs) point where I couldn't do either one of them very well because there was a little too much of each to do. For 20 or so years, I've been kind of uh, doing amplifier work and playing music and things, and um, 
it's, it's probably the largest part of who I am as a person. So when that started to finally get some traction and started to grow, it was very hard for me to, to, to push it back down in the box. Right. Was it scary going out to this it's one? Ex it still is scary. Still scary. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, it, it, it was extremely scary, but I had a, a lot of support from my, my family and from the music community. Um, so it's it's been a it's been a great a great learning experience. Now, now Larry G, you you probably were making accordions while you were uh, teaching and being a principal, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I did. I did start the the last year I was I was a principal, and I saw an opportunity to go into business. With my brother sort of in in between the the the, uh, the school and the and the accordion making. For about nine years, I went into business with my brother. And then he became terminally ill. We sold out to somebody else. And by then, I had been doing accordions as a hobby. And so uh, I just knew what I wanted to do about the time we sold out. Okay, so good timing. Then, so then I had, you know, I went into business to, to double my salary, and, and we accomplished that. It was kind of messy work, but, uh, but uh, you know, we had a house full of, of uh, teenagers to educate. <laughs> so, so that worked out. And, uh, but the hobby just kept drawing me. Because I wanted to just, I just wanted to create these instruments, you know. And, and uh, you brought one of the instruments with you. Mm -hmm. uh, this, in, this is, sorry, both of you do this. I guess you, you create custom, you're creating custom accordions for somebody that wants a specific look? Yes, they're, they're, they're a l partly uh, customized from the standpoint of cosmetic. And, of course, the, the buyer chooses the key that they want. Because these are keyed instruments like harmonicas. And so. So how many so different keys can you get an accordion in? Well, I have built 11 different ones. I, I never did get a call for an F sharp, but I've done G you sharp never, and E flat like this, and oh yeah, lots of all of those. And so different musicians have, but you know, there are some popular keys like C and B flat uh, and Cajun music is the two most popular. And Zydeco, it's, um, it's uh, B flat and A. So this is popular. why when I go to a concert, I see uh, a musician have more than one accordion up on stage with That's it. correct. Of these, you, you, you know, piano accordion is chromatic. You just need one. But, but these are about one-third the cost of a piano accordion in the same quality level and same features. And <clears throat> so you can afford to buy three of them. And each one <laughs> plays in two keys. That gives you six keys that your vocalist can choose from. If he can't sing that song in one of those six keys, <laughs> really, you, you get another singer. You get you know. another singer. Get that far. would be the... <laughs> <laughs> Unless he's the leader of the band. Right. <laughs> can't get a, he owns the stuff. So they, uh, But Jason, what about yourself? You make these amplifiers for specifically for specific musicians. Now, what is it? Is it the instrument they play like you would? It, it's a combination of things. It's um, oftentimes people play multiple instruments and uh, in the amplifier market, uh, just about everything, at least in terms of high quality tube amplifiers is marketed or is manufactured with guitarists in mind. Okay. Um, however, there's not a whole lot out there for people who play fiddle, who play accordion, who play steel guitar. Um, and we've seen a lot of people in our area in the cultural music going to high powered solid state amplifiers so that they could keep their steel guitar clean, that they can keep their vocal clean without getting that distorted signal. But that doesn't work for the fiddle and it the... It doesn't. That, well, it, 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 it will. However, right. the problem with it comes is that you don't get all the, the character, the charm, and life that you get from a tube amplifier. The, the um, kind of personality and the kind of quirkiness that can 
where the amplifier actually responds back to what you're putting into it. Um, it's just a different, a different kind of feel when you're playing it. It's much more of an organic kind of amplifier in that it responds back to you when you play it. Um, so I'll make amplifiers for people who play multiple instruments where they'll have each channel specifically voiced to reproduce that instrument uh, accurately. And if they sing along with it, they'll have a channel as well where they can plug their microphone into and their voice will be reproduced but accurately. But you're a young guy, but you seem to have created a product here that's sort of old school, new school, right? Why do, why I haven't heard about vacuum tubes in a long time. What right. What, what is it that grabs you there? Well, I actually, I'm, I'm, my background is actually in aside from teaching and music, is in sculpture. So That's right, um, you studied that at UL, I studied right? that okay. at UL, and while I was uh, studying sculpture at UL, I, was, I would go to the, um, the library quite often and spend a, a, a ton of time up there, and um, they have a, a, a remarkable section in the Dupre Library of uh, old vacuum tube engineering books from the 30s, <laughs> 40s, 50s, and... Um, Aside from the information, I fell in love with the, the diagrams, the drawings, the, the whole um, aesthetic of the technology. Um, so I started to try to incorporate some of that into my sculptures. And that quickly formed a bridge between me playing music and me creating sculptures. And in there came you know, the vacuum tube circuits. Wow. And it kind of grew from there. Hey, now, can I ask you, uh, maybe you can't say this or not, but are there, instrument, are there uh, musicians we know that are using your equipment? Um, like uh, some uh, Cajun musicians that are using your Well, like uh, Cheryl Corbier and a number of those musicians, uh, Zotico musicians, and like um, Dino Delafosse. Oh, sure, and, yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, we, all, of our, all of the builders, uh, well-known builders, have got their fans. And, and you know, each one is handles a little bit different, has a little different feel. You can't help but have that happen because, uh, you know, this is all handmade, so we're, there's, no, there's no machine tools that can crank out everything the same way. So anyway, so our fingerboards will vary a little bit. The bass box will vary, the feel, um, maybe the tuning variation. And so we got, <clears throat> I've got some musicians who swear by mine, and we've got... Some musicians swear by some of the other builders, yeah. and that's normal, you know. Mr. Miller, would you agree that um, I, I would say that most musicians I meet are one of a kind kind of people? That's true. You know, yeah, I wouldn't yeah, say Juno Delafosse yeah. is like any other accordion player, and in that, I'll that's bet right. he really appreciates the each uniqueness well, of the accordions that you can make for him. Each well-known musician is is unique in their own way and their own styles, and and what they prefer. They they're very uh, uh, picky about what uh, what feels good and what they hear and that kind of thing. It's part of the of the artisan scene of you know with the music production. So um, you know so we've got a, and of course <coughs> I sometimes tell the other my competitors, you know, that you know if everybody was coming after my court is there no way I could I could build enough to, to supply the demand. So so it's good that uh, musicians have different choices, and you know, I mean, we, you we don't worry about that. We know that something suits them better than another yeah. shop. That's fine. We and can still be friends. You know, that that brings me to a part that I had read about you, which is that you build these accordions in batches. Now, why and how does that work? Simply because the these accordion all accordions have got more parts in them than any other musical instrument, uh, even than a grand piano. 
there, if you count all the little parts that have to be made or bought, installed, and dealt with, um, even the little leaf pins and these corners yeah. and just just an in, internal parts, a lot of. Where do you find vacuum tubes? Are you driving down the highway looking for old TVs that are being thrown out of the side of the Sometimes I do. I, I, have, I have quite a pile. I call it the amplifier graveyard. <laughs> Uh, where I have, I mean, it literally is a room full of old amplifiers. And the reason is, is I'm, I have a better chance of finding a, a high quality specific part in one of those amplifiers than I do oftentimes in a parts uh, store or even through the, through a website. Um, because the quality of the components has changed over the years so drastically um, that oftentimes those old parts you just can't you can't replace it with a with a, a, a new component that's going to have the same quality, particularly in tubes. Now, both of you, were you um, were you self-taught? I mean, it was uh, where did you where does someone learn to make these amazing things? Well, <coughs> the 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 first one to start making uh, the replicas of the old German-made accordions was in the 1950s. Sidney Brown, not a good craftsman, but he's good musician, and he proved it could be done. And to kind of follow up on now that where question. where was he from? You, Is he down? He, uh, he was from, born at Church Point, lived near Iota, moved to Lake Charles, I'm sorry, when he was a, a young man, and oh, okay. lived there the, all his adult life till he died. But he was a good musician. So he, he proved we could make replicas of because all of the factories were caught on the East German side. We couldn't get the good ones anymore. All we could get is that Horner was the only one that survived the East-West Division in Germany. All of the factors were on the East side, except Horner was in the West side. So we could only get those from, the, from, from Horner, and Horner made a, a little Volkswagen, not a professional model. The person who invented these accordions yep. was Frederick Bushman in, in, in uh, uh, 1822, and he called it Anamonica, H-A-R-M-O-N-I-C-A. And then 10 years later, he develops the mouth harp, and they call it a moon harmonica. So a lot of the Germans <laughs> are still called this instrument a harmonica, and then wow. the moon harmonica, you know. So whatever, and it, this was the first accordion that was invented. Then the concertina came, a guy named Wheatstone in England about 10 years, about the time the harmonica was developed. Right. Then 1862 is when Paula Soprano in Italy invents the piano accordion. So... These things were all over the, the Western world uh, until the piano accordion became invented in the 60s. And it wasn't until about 1880s before the piano accordion was fully developed and accepted by musicians. About the time that the German immigrants introduced this instrument to Cajun and Creole musicians in Louisiana, we are the only ones that stayed hooked on this instrument. Ah. Everybody else went to the piano accordion. <laughs> You know, when, in reading your uh, biographies, the one thing that would grab me is that both of you uh, want your, um, let's see, I guess in your case, your, is it your grandson you, you taught My to make grandson, these? grandson, Jay Miller. Is a, you hope your stepson goes Correct. into this. This is pretty great. So you don't want this, this skill to just die out. That's pretty great. No, I, I, mean, I, I think a lot of what we do, and I, I'm, I'm sure Mr. Miller felt the same way, it, it's, it's a labor of love in doing it, in, in keeping keeping the craftsmanship alive, um, keeping the manufacturing alive, and um, being a part of the music community by, by, by building these tools for them. And it, it's so much more than just a, a, a business or, or, some, or, or, or a way to make a profit, I yeah. suppose. 
and I couldn't I couldn't make a living and educate the six kids that we had if I was an accordion builder. <laughs> but I was past that when I got into it. Yeah, the, so, you get you a know, second act. This is pretty out, great. Yeah. Now, we've never had this happen at the show, but out of nowhere, your instruments have arrived. This is um, <laughs> this is well, pretty great. Uh, now, Jason, you you brought along a, a guitar. Correct. And uh, Which you did not build, I would assume. I did not okay, build Okay, just this checking one. this. Uh, and uh, I, think I didn't the put the strings on it. <laughs> And the background, I, I hear Larry G. I think we've never played together, so have you played a little Cajun music? Yes, sir. You could pick up on the chords? Certainly. What key are you you? I'm going to play a, this one called Midnight Waltz. It's really, it sounds a lot like an old European ballroom waltz, you know, that, that we put mm -hmm. Cajun words to. I'm not going to sing it, but it's... He can pick it up that quick. We've never played together. <laughs> <laughs> That's a beautiful sounding accordion. It's Thank you. And it's, it's a C. Yeah, C. Well, you, I guess you gathered that. Uh, Larry, you brought this as special because how old is this accordion? This one here? Yeah. It's about two, uh, two hours old. <laughs> <laughs> Just finished that one. <laughs> I finished it at about, at about, uh, about 10 o'clock. This is actually what you said going to a, uh, leaving the state. Right, this is going to a customer out of state. Yeah, to going to North Carolina. He's a <coughs> he ordered a, a C that plays in C and G, and he ordered the D that plays in D and A. So the D is going to be finished sometime next week, and I'm going to ship them both in the same box to the. He's a bluegrass musician, bluegrass and country musician. He's a banjo player, and he's always wanted one of these for the last 15 years. So he decided he made enough money, he's going to buy one. So uh, buy a couple <laughs> of them. And so uh, we've got some Cajun bands scattered throughout the, the 48 states and a couple in Alaska and one guy in Hawaii who's learning, you know, and <laughs> that kind of thing. So uh, we've got some, some musicians who play Cajun and Creole and Zydeco worldwide and that's and, in the Western world mainly. Yeah. But even in Japan, I've got seven of these in Japan. I don't know what they're doing with it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, it's fascinating. It's quite a... A cultural ocean to jump for people who, you know, who are totally unrelated to English or French or any kind of European languages, and to latch on to the music and learn how to play it. And they're so tenacious, they learn every single note perfect, and they learn how to sing, they mimic as close as they possibly can, which is a lot of times pretty darn good. But they're very tenacious. They'll yep. work and work for just countless hours to learn every every little nick and cranny of the music. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, well, I, I should ask both of you: is How did these people find you? How do you? Where, uh, this isn't the kind of thing you put on a well, billboard. Uh, <coughs> yeah, but you know, uh, uh, recordings and CDs and even 
you know, even in Tokyo, there's a, there's a radio station that plays country and Cajun and bluegrass and all, and, and they're listening. And not to mention, we have quite a few, I, I think of them as cultural ambassadors, just musicians from our area who carry our music all over the world. So these people from Japan and China and Russia and you name it, they're looking back here because we have musicians from here taking this culture there and representing it in a way that's turning all eyes back and to us. And what might they do? Might they ask those musicians, where'd you get that accordion? Where'd you get that amplifier? I think sometimes they do. And yeah. then if, if, they, if they call in uh, the Acadiana region, I'm sure somebody could find either me or Mr. Oh. Miller pretty <laughs> easily. Uh, well, I've got a grandson, Blake Miller, who is uh, the accordion and fiddle player in, the, in a band called the Revelers. Oh. And in, in, in two and a half years, they were nominated for a Grammy. And uh, so they, they, they've traveled to all parts of Europe and to North America, and they've gone into Mexico and several other places, you know, uh, never Japan yet. But uh, anyway, uh, and so where they go, I mean, uh, people are attending these festivals and events, and they're listening. And sometimes it strikes them, and they'll... They want, to, they want to buy more CDs or maybe buy instruments. and. Well, let me ask you guys this. Is you don't make that many because of the nature of these things. What, is, uh, what do these amps cost, for instance? Uh, amps usually run between 2400 up to around 4000 for the multiple channel kind of things. Uh, they're all point-to-point uh, -point wiring, which means that each, each component, each piece is put in one at a time. There's no circuit boards involved in, it, in any way. Um, and... and that goes into my concept is like I can get an amplifier that was made in the 40s or 50s and given a half an hour and a little bit of time more often than not you can get it back running um, because they were built to be repaired they weren't built to be replaced and then but today but today it's a totally different story so that's kind of what we referred to the labor of love earlier it's I, 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 I think of my amplifiers as being heirloom quality. It's the kind of thing that it's not going to be something you're going to replace in 10 years. It's going to be something that grows and changes with you for your whole life, just like a, a good fiddle or a good yeah. uh, acoustic instrument would. Um, so, th you know, that... And, and I've got to... How much do these accordions cost? Well, you know, in our case, we don't have to buy some expensive vacuum tubes <laughs> 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 and, and reeds are are newly built and high quality today that are still going so uh there's a few electronic you know accordions that that don't use right. reeds but it's not the same thing so we uh they'll they'll run anywhere from two thousand to three thousand depending on who builds them and the, the you know what features they'll have and that kind of thing when I started, it was hit and miss and trial and error. And you, <laughs> you go, you, we learn from each other, and it it's kind of a it's kind of a unique story in that in that because of the the Cajun culture, not not as much as the Amish, but we did have some interdependency when we were speaking French among ourselves. And I, I grew up that way. My parents spoke only French, and I I had to learn English when You're I started school. Doing a good school. job with English, by yeah, the way, Larry. So so the the point is. Um, there was a, a cultural interdependency. So these early guys, and even today, it still carries on. We share each other's technology. And as mm -hmm. a result, now that we look back in the last 20, 25 years, we look back and, and we realize that it was a slow but effective research and development project. Whereas if, uh, 
if my shop was in downtown New York City or maybe even closer than, than New York City, uh, if I was in business building recordings like that, you bet your rear end I would not share my technology no. with my competitor. But as a result, they all get better. So mm -hmm. we, in the, the, we buy the Bellas and Reeds from Italy, and they make good accordions too, but they don't make many of these. They don't pay as much attention. For us, it's the only one we build. It's a passion. You know, it's, it's a labor of love, and, so, and we share each other's technology. So we make the best accordion, diatonic accordion, than, than in the world because of that, that cultural, you know, uh, reliance on each other. Well, I'm glad you're both here. This, <laughs> Larry G. Miller, you spend your professional music life making warm acoustic sounds. Jason Harrington, you spend your professional life making amplified sound as warm and acoustic as possible. Uh, you're both coming at music from different places and from different generations, but you have an awful lot in common, not the least of which is a tremendous amount of talent. Thank you both for taking the time to join me in Out to Lunch. Oh, it's been All so right. great to be here. <laughs> <laughs> My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Larry G. Miller, founder and owner of Bonte Accordions, and Jason Harrington, founder and owner of Lullaby Sound Design. You can find out more about Larry G. and Jason's respective boxes that make sounds by following the links in our websites, krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. and Christian is our researcher. Our theme song on Cool Monsieur Nice Guy is written by Mitch Foreman and performed by Mitch Foreman and Andre Michaud. Our Acadiana business consultants are Pete Prados from Innovate Acadiana, Zach Barker from The Opportunity Machine, and Dr. Blake Escaday. Today's show was recorded live over lunch at Social Southern Table and Bar in Lafayette. Social is open six days a week for lunch and dinner with brunch on Sundays. If you want to know what we look like, and we are a particularly good-looking group of people here, you can find photos from this show on our websites and Facebook page. These photos today were taken by Gwen O'Quinn. You can get the show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows. You can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites. It's acadiana.com and krvs.org. Support for Out to Lunch Acadiana comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette, located off Pinhook near Calise Saloon. Wyndham Garden Lafayette has 290 sleeping rooms and 14,000 square feet of meeting space to accommodate groups from 10 to 500 for meetings, conferences, weddings, and high school reunions. Additional support comes from ABiz Magazine and AcadianaBusiness.com, the essential information source for business decision makers throughout the one Acadiana region. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the lunch table for more business, Acadiana style, on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. Additional support comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette. Want a bank that was ranked among the top in the nation for business banking? Whitney Bank has you covered with nearly 200 locations across the Gulf South. So stop by today. Learn more at HancockWhitney.com. Member FDIC.